You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our buddies over at the Peacock and Williamson Show. Monday through Friday, former NFL scout Matt Williamson and NFL analyst Brian Peacock give you the picks, the previews, and much more every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. It is mailbag time. We are going to go through and open up. Um, do, do you, are you old enough for answering machines? <laughs> um, people, people under 30 are just like, what are you talking? What is an answering machine? And if you really want to have your mind blown, watch an episode of Mad Men when they had answering services. That is some wild stuff. Um, I guess I kind of have an answering service because no one answers when you call this number. You just leave a voicemail and I got to go check it. Um, So we're going to do that. It is going to be very, very, very light on Aaron Rodgers. We are only going to talk about him at the very end. And so I wanted to do that. You know, there have been sort of these um, other other people in the in the Packers media sphere have been doing Rogers blackouts and, hey, we're not going to talk about it and we're not going to speculate and we're not going to do the thing. Honestly, I didn't do it because of that. There were just a lot of other questions that I felt like I'd rather talk about. And we haven't talked about them. And and uh, there are so many different ways that I can talk about the Rogers thing. So let's just not let's just talk about something else. So. There's some draft stuff in here. Um, there is some some trade stuff in here. There is some scheme stuff in here. And so we will get to all that. And let's start with this one about why the Packers passed on a certain high-profile player. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Davin from uh, Queens, New York, by way of Wausau. Um, I'm actually pretty psyched with the draft. Um, I, I I don't really have any big complaints, but I would love to hear your take on kind of a what if, because um, we we get to the end of the first round and JOK is still available. It just it seemed to me like this was the universe aligning the stars, because we have this new defensive coordinator who's like this guru at getting all the talent out of linebackers. This is this freak athlete linebacker. We could even use him as uh, as a slot corner, you know, if we need to use him that way right at right at first for, for the secondary. But it just seemed to me like this was this perfect opportunity to get this piece that um, could just really be a superstar in the years to come. And um, and and again, I don't mind the Stokes pick. I'm I'm optimistic for him. I'm optimistic for the team. Um, but I would just love to hear your take on that and uh, hear what you think about it. Thanks a lot. So. Look, uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa was a top 10 player for me. I loved his versatility. I thought he could be the perfect star player in this defense. He could play the nickel. You could play him at linebacker. You could play him. He's a box player. You know, he's he's sort of what Landon Collins 
at his best was. Uh, he can play in man coverage. He could do a lot of different things for Green Bay. I understand to a point them saying, look, uh, a first-round pick on a slot corner overhang defender, nickel safety, given given the rest of the roster and given the needs on this roster, it just doesn't fit. So if you're going to make a positional value argument, I'm here for that. Uh, that makes sense to me. From a pure value perspective, though, if I can get a top 10 talent at 29-30, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. You could have traded up in the second round. There were corners available in that range that, that you could have gotten one if you really wanted one. And and you just say, okay, well, maybe 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 next year, right? Right? If you can get a player as talented as JOK, you do it. You do it. And I think there are going to be a lot of teams who regret passing on him now. Green Bay is in a unique position where they have the best safety tandem in the league. I went back and looked at the pro football focus numbers because Denver fans have been awfully chesty lately. Can't imagine why about their safety duo. And Adrian Amos was the second graded safety in the league last year. It was just named the most underrated Packer by PFF. One of the most underrated players in the league, Darnell Savage, guess what? Also a top 10 player. And in coverage grades, those two for essentially more than half the season last year were the top two coverage safeties in the league. So... Do you want to take, use a first round pick on a Raven Green replacement? I'm shrugging my shoulders. I Like I said, I would have taken him. I would have taken him and just figured it out. You can always take good players. Uh, but it is the case that the positional value was not awesome. Awesome. So from that standpoint, I get it. I, I do want to add though, NFL Next Gen Stats, they put together these projections and Eric Stokes was the number one corner on their board based on their projection model when you combine his athleticism score and you combine his production score. And I don't know exactly how that system works, um, but I do know that they have some good modeling data. They, they do some interesting things over there. I assume that that's based on things that historically have translated so, I don't know. Does that mean something? Maybe not. If you if you ask the Packers, they were really high on Stokes. He was high on their board. Presumably, he was higher than Ousu Koromoa. That's why they took him. So, it, it, look, this is hard for me because I love the player, um, and and I was not as high on Stokes as some of the other guys that would have been available there. This is in some ways like the Rashawn Gary thing. We're like, I get it. It's not what I would have done, but I get it, and it could pay off. It, it could pay off. Um, here is another question about the draft that is sort of tangentially related to the draft. Hi, Peter. This is Brian calling from Chisinau, Moldova. I have two questions for you. When GMs are fielding calls to trade down, do they ever ask the team trading up? either who they want to take or the position group, say linebacker or cornerback, in order to reassure themselves the team wanting to move up is not going to take one of the players they are interested in. And the second question concerns uh, voidable contracts, such as Kevin King's. 
if his contract gets voided next year and Kevin King signs a big contract with another team, do the Packers get draft comp- compensation? Thanks for taking my questions. Love the show. Bye. Not only do we have Moldova in the house, shout out, but we have a two for one, which I always like. So the Kevin King thing is easier. If your contract voids, yes, my understanding is that you factor into the compensatory picks. So if you're cut while your contract is live, basically, uh, then no, not part of the compensatory pick. So when when Kevin King's contract voids next offseason, he will then factor into the compensatory pick uh, calculations for the following season. That is my understanding of the salary cap, albeit limited. Now, this question of draft day trades, that is, it is unique to the relationships that you have and unique to the positions that you have. So you start with the context. So think about, you know, where a team at the top of this draft was, was working from. If you're the Dolphins and you're trading down from three, you don't need to know which player the 49ers plan to select to move down, right? You just need to know they're taking a quarterback. That's all you need to know. Uh, Because when your pick comes up, whenever that is, you're not going to take a quarterback. So you're not worried about that. Now, if you're the Vikings... And the Packers are moving up because they want Justin Jefferson. You're not telling Rick Spielman who you're going to pick if you're Ryan Gutekunst. Now, you know, if you're going to call Bill Belichick and say, hey, we want to move up. We want to take such and such a player. You know, you're the Ravens calling to move up for for Lamar Jackson. And you're calling a team that already has a quarterback. It doesn't matter to you if you're saying that. Now, you hurt your own leverage because... A team is going to say, well, if you're moving up for a quarterback, it's important to you. And so we can, you know, rake you across the coals a little bit. Now, that would be the reason that you wouldn't do it. I think teams do their due diligence on this. Teams talk to media people about this. I know that seems like and they will deny it forever. Or at least some of them will. But then others are just like, oh, yeah, we we read the mocks. We read the reports, and the uh, dirty little secret is they ask the media people. If you're if you're a hooked in reporter, you're 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 calling a GM, and the GM is asking you just as many questions as you are asking the GM. Hey, what are you hearing about this? What's the deal? Benjamin Albright, uh, who's a radio host in Denver, claims that the Denver GM texted him and asked him who he thought the Dolphins were going to pick or how he thought the draft was going to play out to help him make a pick. He, he posted the chat. I don't know how that went over in the Broncos front office. But so you're probably not going to discuss it is the moral of the story. You're probably not going to discuss, hey, we're coming up for this guy. You have to, as the team trading down, assume Or make some sort of educated guess. Okay, if they're moving up here, it's probably for this player. And it doesn't matter because if you're moving down, you have to just be okay 
with your guy being gone. Whatever value you're getting, you have to factor in that opportunity cost. So if they're calling and saying, hey, we're going to offer you the third round pick in addition to, you know, our pick five picks later from, from here and and that's the deal. Well, then you have to factor in, okay, well, if we lose the chance to take this guy that we like, is it worth that? You have to you have to assume that that's the case. That's why it costs less to move down one spot, two spots, three spots. It's not just the value of the players that you could have available to you, though that factors in as well, but it's also the chance that you still get a player that you really, really, really like. So if you're sitting there and someone wants to move move you down two spots and you like five guys, that's a no-brainer. You move down. Now, that seems unlikely. But now if someone calls and, and they want you to move down two spots and you've got one guy left on your board at your spot, they better be willing to pay up. They better be willing to pay up to make that worth it for you. Otherwise, you don't make a trade like that. And you don't need to know who they're going up to get because you know who you like. And you just have to play the odds. Speaking of playing the odds, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, but not limited to baseball, the NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, horse racing. All of it is there before the next pitch. Go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all you need there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams get ready to make a playoff run in the NBA and as teams fight for positioning across sports. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right. You put money in, use the promo code Locked On. They will match that first deposit up to 50%. I love a good trade proposal, and that's what this voicemail was. So hit me with it. Hey, Peter, man. How you doing? Uh, this is Jason down here in Georgetown, Kentucky. Love the podcast. Listen to it every single day. Uh, hey, I just was curious. I wanted to get your thoughts on this idea. Uh, the Jets have been floating Jameson Crowder's name out there quite a bit, and I think he'd be a perfect addition as a slot receiver for the Packers, uh, you know, regardless of what happens with Aaron Rodgers. With the Jets in a full rebuild mode and having their new quarterback and Zach Wilson, uh, what are your thoughts on a potential trade of Equiminius St. Brown and a fifth rounder to the Jets for Jamison Crowder? Uh, they get themselves a receiver with potential uh, in Equiminius St. Brown, who's on a rookie deal, so it would be kind of a, a lottery ticket for them. Uh, they'd get that fifth round pick next year, and they'd also rid themselves of, uh, I believe it's an eight or nine million dollar contract that uh, Crowder has. So, would love to get your thoughts on that uh, as a as a way to really solidify and, and fill in that missing piece that we've been looking for over the last couple of years. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Jamison Crowder was someone that that I was looking at last year. For the Packers, someone that drew interest reportedly, someone that the Packers were reportedly interested in trading for, and it seemed like the price was just ultimately going to be too high. That is part of the problem here. The Packers do not have the money to make a deal to absorb that kind of salary. Unless, you know, there's there's some other, unless you're sending salary out too. 
unless the Jets are taking salary to make this more palatable for you, it, it, it's just probably not going to work. The other thing is the Packers just took a player that they really, really like to play that role. And I don't think Crowder is the sort of run-after-catch guy that Amari Rodgers could be. Um, and guess what? He's also a lot cheaper. Jamison Crowder is getting $10 million in base salary this year. $10 million. For what? This offense doesn't need to spend $10 million to get that kind of productivity. To get someone who's, look, he's going to consistently get open and work underneath and occasionally break a big run. He can be your punt returner. The Packers just use a third-round pick on that guy. And a guy, by the way, who is better after the catch, who's younger, who's much cheaper, and who could grow into something more, and who is not just going to be a one-year rental player. This is part of why you can't let your quarterback call the shots on your team. Because, yeah, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would love Jamison Crowder. Would love Jamison Crowder, but $10 million? Can't do it. Can't do it. And, you know, the, the Packers let Randall Cobb walk a couple years ago. And the Texans gave him a huge deal, a deal that I would not have been comfortable if I were the Packers giving Randall Cobb. And he went to the Cowboys first and then signed in Houston. He signed in, in Dallas on a one-year deal. I probably would have done that deal. Green Bay didn't. Um, ultimately, it didn't matter. It wasn't the difference between, you know, winning a Super Bowl and not. But these win-now moves, you know, financially speaking, how much do they actually improve your team? If you're going to make a win-now move that that has negative impacts on your future roster, you know, health in terms of salary cap, then the move is Julio Jones. Someone like that. Someone who could actually, if they're healthy, fundamentally alter the trajectory of your football team. Jamison Crowder is just like a nice player. For $10 million. No, thank you. No, thank you. Now, if you would have brought in A.J. Green, okay, maybe. Maybe, because you, you can sell yourself on the idea that if he's healthy, he could be a game breaker. Now, I don't know if the, at this point in his career if that's true. I don't. I I understand wanting to, to surround Rodgers with some more different kinds of pieces. I happen to really like this group. I really like it. With Devontae Adams... With MVS stretching the field, with Lazard as a blocker receiving that power forward type possession receiver who you can actually get down the field deceivingly fast. You have this bevy of tight ends with Big Bob Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara and Jay Sternberger, Dominique Daphne. And of course, the receiving options in the backfield. And you add in Amari Rogers. I, I, I like this group. I think it fits. I think the geometry of it fits. And unless you can make a big upgrade, and I think the, the Packers were right in the way that they approached this last year. Unless you can make a big upgrade, it's not worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. And in in this offense, you know, we talked about this in the lead up, right? That to find a player, if all they want to do is supplement the current guys, they can find a player, a run after catch player, Slot, screens, RPOs, end arounds, jet. If that's all you need them to be, you can wait until the third round, the fourth round. 
and draft Amari Rodgers or Jalen Darden or D. Eskridge or someone like that. And guess what? They did that. They, they don't need to spend $10 million on Jamison Crowder. They just don't. Okay, this was a really interesting voicemail. Um, and, well, I won't spoil it. Hey, Peter. It's Garrett from uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Currently moving back to Wisconsin now. Uh, back in uh, probably week eight or week nine, you had, I think, Ben Fennel on. You guys talked about how uh, it was just amazing to see how the offense clicks and watching the Packers in 2014, 15, 16, 17, we're watching all these other offenses like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady just look so easy for the Packers. It always looked extremely hard. Um, and then once the uh, floor came in, everything looks super easy now. You can kind of tell where Rodgers needs to go to every time, and it's just amazing to see the offense click. Is there anything like that on defense? Is there ever a defensive scheme or a team or two that you're just like, this looks easy. Why can't every other defense do this? Uh, when you guys talked about it a few weeks ago or uh, back in last season, that that was the first thing that came to mind. Uh, love the show. It's been great to listen to you. I've been a huge fan since the start of COVID. So uh, you've been helping me out a lot by keeping me engaged daily. Thank you. Go Pack. So a very interesting question. This offense, this Shanahan tree offense has taken the league by storm. By storm. And I mean, this started, you know, a long time ago. If you go back, you know, when Mike Holmgren came to Green Bay, that that set off a, a chain reaction. So many of his coaches go on to be uh, head coaches, Gruden, Mariucci, Reed. But he was just part of the, the Bill Walsh tree. You have this other part, the Mike Shanahan part. And that didn't take off the same way the Holmgren tree did. And what's interesting is now it's coming back around. And you have your Sean McVeighs, your Kyle Shanahan's, your Matt LaFleur's. Now you, you add some new guys. You know, you have the Vikings running that Kevin Stefanski offense, which is that outside zone play action stuff. Minnesota's got it. Cleveland's got it. Arthur Smith in Tennessee carried on Matt LaFleur's offense. They're going to keep running it in Tennessee. Now Arthur Smith is in Atlanta. Half the league is doing this. After Seattle, with their Legion of Boom, everyone wanted to hire all the guys from that staff. Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn, Chris Richard, everyone wanted a piece of that Seattle tree. And it turns out, unless you have Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and a front that can get pressure with four and Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and guys who can run, you can't just play static cover three every snap. It just doesn't work. So they're, they're, right now, offense is ahead of defense. And, you know, Todd Bowles put together a nice thing. They play a lot of two high safeties. They play a lot of man coverage. They blitz you. Uh, they, they can stop the run with their fronts without having to go heavy. They've got big, penetrating, aggressive interior defenders and linebackers who can fly. It's not necessarily a replicable model everywhere because he tried it in New York. It didn't work, but he made it work in Arizona because he had the right personnel for it. Defense, I think more than offense, is personnel driven. And that's, that's the inherent problem here. Offense, you can scheme receivers open. We saw this last year. Green Bay led the league in open receivers, three yards, wide open receivers, five yards. 
the best offense in the league, scheming guys open. You you can't scheme guys covered. It's a lot. I mean, well, you can. It's just a lot harder. It's a lot harder to do because guess what? The offenses are really good at scheming guys open. And so there isn't really a, a great answer for this right now. It's it's essentially the same answer that it's always been. Get pressure with four, play tight man coverage, and don't give up big plays. Now, the, the Rams last year, they did it. Two deep safeties, pressure with four. They never blitzed. They played mostly zone, but they mixed coverages and mixed it really well. Cover two, cover four, cover three, cloud, cover six, all kinds of stuff. Green Bay is going to try and replicate that model. This Brandon Staley defense, which is really the Vic Fangio defense, seems to be the model now. It seems it's the new Legion of Boom cover three model. Because Brandon Staley goes and he gets the Chargers job. Sean McVay was so taken with it, he hires Raheem Morris, who is from the the Monty Kiffin Tampa 2 school. And is going to ask him to run Staley's defense, which is really Fangio's defense. You've got Fangio in Denver, and now Green Bay brings in Joe Barry to run it in Green Bay. And the reason that it works is... You create pre-snap disguises, you roll down safeties, and you don't give up big plays. You make teams drive the length of the field. And if you have guys who can create pressure, you don't have to blitz. You don't have to blitz because you're creating indecision with the quarterback by by saying, oh, well, what what coverage are they going to be in? You see two high safeties. Okay, it's either four or two. Can Can I tell by cornerback alignment? Oh, wait, I got to snap the ball. Oh, wait, here comes the safety. Oh, crap, they're in three or they're in one or they're in zero. That is the beauty of this defense. It's what makes it so difficult to plan for. And two of the best offensive minds in the league have said, this was so great to see. I want to run it, Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur. And I think it's going to lead to more teams saying, hey, can we do this? How does this work? Can we make this work? So I think you're going to see more two deep safeties and more teams saying, you're just not going to beat us deep. And maybe that leads to, you know, a a boom of interior defenders because guys like Vita Vea suddenly become more valuable because they can help you not only stop the run, but, but push the pocket and create pressure while you don't give up anything down the field. I mean, this was a, this was a Packers offense that lit everyone up in the league And then in the NFC Championship game, without their two starting safeties who got hurt, Green Bay still could not push the ball down the field against Tampa because they couldn't block. They couldn't block that front. So you still still need the talent. You will always need the talent on defense. On offense, you don't. So unfortunately, the answer is it doesn't exist. And so uh, you you just have to sort of um, keep, keep accumulating talent. And hope you have the right guy at the wheel when you find that talent. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got nine delicious base flavors. Flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Double chocolate was the first one I ever had. And it was what absolutely blew my mind about Bilt Bars. Because they deliver on the promise of being the best tasting protein bar ever. But they also have 
limited time flavors, flavors that will sell out if you don't jump on them quickly because they are unbelievable. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. You know, we were gonna talk about Aaron Rodgers, but guess what? We're not gonna. We're not gonna. I had a question. I had a voicemail all picked out. I had it ready to go. And it was a a fan, you know, venting a little bit of frustration. And I just thought, hey, you know, a lot of fans probably feel this way. I'm going to put it on there. Why? We're done. We're going to get through the whole podcast and not talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. So let's not talk about it. We're going to be back next week. A lot to talk about next week. America's guest, Jason Hershorn, is going to be on the show. Brandon Thorne, who is an offensive line guru to talk about the Packers offensive line picks and how that they can contribute right away. We will also do our best to do a debrief of what happened at rookie camp over the weekend. The rookies are in the building and we'll try and get whatever intel we can and relay it to you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On Today. Can the New York Mets follow in the New York Knicks? Footsteps. That's one of the questions we asked today on Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. I promise it will not all be New York sports. We try not to have an East Coast bias. Remember, I'm a Wisconsin guy, so I don't really care that much. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or, or wherever you get podcasts. Also, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to be a part of a show like today or you just want to say hi, hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. Locked On Packers.